Hey, and welcome to the show. I'm Adam, and this is Not Your Father's Board Games. This episode starts our new series of the game Islebound, a game made by the same company as Above and Below. We've added this bonus episode to go over the rules and setup before getting to the actual gameplay. We hope this will help give a better idea of what's going on as we stumble through it ourselves. As always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Podbean to hear the upcoming series. Place the two event markers <laughs> on the map in regions that match the two visible event cards on the renown board. Done. Okay, so... It, is that actually order? done? Yeah. Zillium and Rockslide. All right, jeez, we're going to have to... Poor Adam's going to have to reload. Done. Yeah, that's Place all right. Place the... I've accepted my fate. Copper coins, silver coins, wood tokens, fish tokens, book coat... This probably doesn't matter. Dice off the side of the map? Yeah, doesn't matter. This is the supply. Remaining unused components in the box. What are the sea serpent cards? I don't know. I think I, we have to... I really want to tame a sea serpent, guys. Okay. There's other cards. Hold uh, on. Where, where's the tiny deck of cards? Yeah, that's what it is. Wasn't uh, that... You're right, Mike. This, uh, right where's here. the tiny deck of cards? All right, do we have copper coin pile? Uh, yes. Yeah. Silver coins? Yes. Wood tokens? Yep. Fish tokens? Yeah. That's Look. a fuck ton of fish. Jesus. Book tokens? That's a lot of fish. <laughs> Book tokens? Yeah. Sea serpent cards? Probably no. Sea no, we serpents. don't have sea serpent cards. The Loch Ness Monster. Ah! I think they have to be divided. That looks like a man, not a sea serpent. This is a pirate. These are pirate cards. These are sea serpent cards. Hold on. This is. It is both. And then we have the Iker. Iker. This is the beast. Iker card. Uh. Or Iker, depending on how you pronounce things. Dice off to the side of the map. Okay, yeah, these, this is the supply. Alright. That's the stuff. God. You got the stuff. Alright, we'll just agree that if we have to draw from these, we'll shuffle them, but I don't understand why they didn't tell us to shuffle them yet. We're gonna draw from them. I know, but like, just, I, don't, I don't get why they didn't say place them somewhere and shuffle them. Dude looks more like a samurai than a pirate. He's a fucking pirate, alright? Relax. He doesn't got the hat. Or a parrot. Alright. Whoa. Is that like the boss? We are ready, guys. It's a red Gyarados. That is a red Gyarados. It's the Iker or Iker card. The game. It's a red Gyarados. The game. God damn it, I lost the game. You guys just lost it. It's a Gyarados. (sighs) I'm going to catch that Gyarados. Now you're going to catch a magic card. And we are going to dragon dance all over your ass. (laughs) Hyper beam. Alright, ready? Guys, there's there's a lot of rules to this game. Starting with the first player, players take turns moving their ships and completing actions. Each turn, a player must move at least one space and complete one action. Where do we move? Your ships fucking move. Relax. Players may also complete... To another port. Ooh. Players may also complete as many free actions as they want before ending their turn. Not necessarily another port. I think it's adjacent tiles as well. A player turn. Move. The first thing a player must do on their turn is move their ship. The player may move up to the speed of their ship indicated on the track at the top right of the player's ship. So your ship is here and there at the same time. Your board kind of also... Your board uh, is the cross-section of your ship. Exactly. 
with your homies. Each speed allows the player to move from, from one region to an adjacent region. Adjacent region. A player may not return to the region in which he started on the same turn. Okay. These rules are pretty specific. Seaboards and ports are separated into regions. Each seaboard contains three adjacent regions. These are seaboards. These are ports on the ends. Uh-huh. The edges of each seaboard and seaport tile count as boundaries when moving. So I guess you can go from here to there. I think is the idea. Oh, wait, you can do... Uh, like, it's a circle? Yeah, like, I, th- okay. I think the, you, you the world is round. That. You can pa- I like that. <laughs> the world is not flat. Let that be... Like, if you take nothing else away from this episode, the world is not flat. You can just... I don't want you to stop listening, but you could just stop listening there and just just take that All right, to the it bank. says to me I don't understand. Matter of fact, if you're a flat earther, you, you can absolutely stop listening. <laughs> the the <laughs> light you. line running through the middle of each seaboard counts as a boundary of regions. The light line? This thing. It, do, you have to, do you have to follow that? I don't get it. If each player's ship ends its movement in a region occupied by another ship, the player must exhaust one of their crew with the administrative symbol. So your administrative crew have to work to make sure your ships don't, I don't know, destroy each other. Not getting pillaged? To exhaust the crew, the player moves the crew token from on deck on their shipboard to below deck. Oh, this Uh, is 100% above and below. Where have we heard this before? (laughs) Beds, anybody? Which is the... Oh, look at all the beds on the board. The area with hammocks below deck. Yep. If the player oh, cannot, the if the player cannot do this, they cannot end their movement in a region occupied by another ship. That's important. Okay. A player may, however, move through a region occupied by another ship as long as they don't end their movement there. That's the move turn, and everyone gets a move turn. Pretty basic, actually. Example: It is Tom's turn. His ship has a speed of two. He moves his ship from his seaport. To Sun's Rest. Or is Sun Rest on here? He's here. He goes here. And then moves from Sun Rests to Undervol. He cannot move further because he's moved two spaces, which is the speed of his ship. Actions. After moving, the player may perform one action and any number of free actions. They may perform the actions and free actions in any order. When the player has finished taking their action free actions, they declare that their turn is over. Action number one, visit. The player may visit the town in the region where the ship is located and complete the action listed on the wooden sign. Which is all of that. Yes. The player must pay an entry cost if they do not own the town. Entry cost is listed on the brown banner hanging below the right half of the island's name placard. Ah. So this is a triangle symbol, entry cost. This is a triangle and a... Page. Page entry cost. Here's a person and a triangle symbol entry cost. Is that a person? I don't know what it is. It looks like a crew member. It looks like you exhaust a crew member and pay some money. From where I'm looking, it looks like a floppy disk. Because why not floppy disks during pirate times? Morlin. Okay, now it looks like a person, and now it's a floppy disk. <laughs> More limb and one copper coin. It looks like most of what you'll be paying is copper coins to interact with the town. 
occasionally one extra thing. All right. Do you have to be a pirate hooker to get in or out of these towns? Only if you want to. If Don't entry, give me that look! <laughs> if the entry cost lists a coin, the player must pay one coin and place it on the treasure map on the Renown board. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, okay, so all your entry fees become a communal treasure hunt. Maybe. That's kind we don't of, know that yet. That's what it sounds like. Note. There's a treasure map. There's a treasure map. Only coin entry costs are ever paid to the treasure map on the Renown board, and only when the town is neutral, unowned by any player. Any other time that a player has to pay coins, they are paid to the supply or to an opponent. So if the town is not neutral... For example, if I own the town and you want to go into my town... So instead of paying the, the, the treasure map, I pay you. It, it says you pay the supply. Oh. Is the supply the treasure map? Or? No, just the board. You, you just, oh, you okay, get it okay. Back. So just, I got you. Pile. Actually, no. It says or to an opponent, so... It seems like it would make more sense to pay an entry fee to whoever owns it, kind of like if you land on a railroad. I think you're right, Mike. It is or to an opponent. So you, maybe if I own the town and you want to go into my town and do some shit, you got to pay me. Can you raise the price? Or is it just whatever? Doubt it. Maybe. All right, ready? Or, like, bargain. If the entry cost shows a skill symbol followed by a curved arrow, this means that the player must exhaust one of their crew members on deck that has a skill listed... The listed skill symbol. The player exhausts the crew member by moving it from on deck to below deck in the hammock area. So, just like above and below, um, we have... Oh, the papers are a skill. So papers and hands are a skill, guys. Don't forget yep. your, your crew members are papers and hands. Yep. So okay. many of these uh, things have paper skills. They, they only have paper skills. Is, is hand just like general labor or... I think it's a different... It's a different part of the game. Oh, okay. So there's one, two, three papers right now in play that you can exhaust your crew members to visit a town. Some entry costs simply show a crew symbol followed by a curved arrow, like Morlim, which Mike was talking about, the floppy disk. In this case, very floppy. the player must exhaust any one of their crew members. The player may choose which active crew member is exhausted for this purpose. Floppy disk, any crew member gets exhausted, done. Okay. To visit. To visit, okay. If a player owns a town, they ignore the entry cost, including the requirement to exhaust any crew. Alright. If a player visits a town that an opponent controls, they give the coin entry cost to the opponent instead of to the treasure map. If required, they still exhaust the crew member as normal. Uh. Okay. Island Town actions are detailed in the Island Town actions on page 15. So, Island Town actions are the top part, or whatever. Entry cost, blah, 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 this, that. You, you probably understood. It's the bottom picture. Yep. It's pretty straightforward. I think because we played above and below, yeah. we'll have a better time understanding what's going on. Yep. It's It honestly doesn't help not really being able to see things, but I'll catch up. <laughs> yeah, no shit, you're far away, dude. I know, man, it's the, the life of the producer, what can I say? I'm far right, away that from was, the action. That was uh, one of three actions we can take. There's two other actions. Action number one, attack. And this is all on the card. It is, actually, you're right. This is all very helpful to have. Attack. The player may choose to attack the island town in the region where their ship is located in order to take control of it. Towns with a red banner, not blue-green, below the name can be attacked. 
Okay. So there's there's a fair share of red, red, blue, green, red, red and blue, green, blue, green, red, red. red, red. Oh, okay, so that's... Okay, I gotcha. The number on the banner is the attack strength that the player needs to meet or exceed in order to take control of the town. The player must use pirate cards and or sea serpent cards to attack the town. First, the player chooses a number of pirates and or sea serpents they own and places them off to the side to show that this is like this is like going to the cave. Wait, how do you get a sea serpent? Shenanigans. <laughs> we'll get there. Maybe you get. Maybe you get it through diplomacy. We're going through the rule book. <laughs> you gotta be a negotiate dip- with the sea serpent. Yeah. Well, you see, sir. <laughs> We're almost done. You We're- bribe it with fish. That actually makes sense. That too. We're 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 making good headway, guys. Um, and places them off to the side to show that this is the group that will be attacking the town. The player must use at least one pirate or sea serpent to attack. You then roll one die for each pirate and each sea serpent in the attack. Dice are rolled all at once. Player may then decide where to place each die. That's cool. Oh. So you roll a group of die, and then you can place each die based on who's attacking. So you can benefit whoever while Okay, okay. Hmm. Each pirate sea serpent can hold one die. The dice represent... the. They dictate the total attack strength, and the pirate or sea serpent contributes to the attack. Blah, blah, blah. For example, blah, 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 if the player places a three or four, blah, 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 we already understand that because we played the other game. <laughs> After the player has finished assigning die, if the sum of the attack strength given by all attacking pirates or sea serpents is equal to, equal to, or higher than the number on the town, you take control of the town. So it can be a 12, take, take control of the 12. Okay. If you do not have the attack strength, you may choose to injure crew member. We know this. Mm. In order to gain attack strength. To injure crew member, you take them from on deck to below deck. Above or below, you say? You, you also flip the crew member face down so that the islebound symbols are hidden to show that they're injured. In Oh, wow. That's that's like an above and below. Like, you know, there's three whatever. Yeah, yeah. You flip them over so they're injured. Okay. Interesting. I, You know, I prefer... This is a lot of the same game mechanics. After the player has finished assigning dice, if the sum of the attack strength given by all attacking pirates, sea serpents, is equal to or higher than the number on the town, the player takes control. All right, we knew that. Yep. If the player does not have enough attack strength, they may choose to injure crew member. So injuring is different than going below deck. You go below deck and you also flip them. If the player does not have sufficient attack strength and does not wish to injure crew or cannot do so, the player may retreat. To retreat, the player loses one pirate or sea serpent, returning the token to the supply and reclaims the remaining pirate sea serpents using the attack. The player may complete additional free actions but may not complete an, ad- an action again this turn. If the player takes control of the town, they first discard all pirates and sea, sea serpents that participate in the attack. The player then places one of their cubes next to the numbered banner of the town to show they own it. The player also takes an amount of coins equal to the strength number on the banner. Ooh. It is known as spoils. So if you've gotten a 12, you get 12 coins as spoils. Spoils. Ooh. So the the stronger a a uh, island uh, port is, the more you stand to gain from conquering it. Awesome. The player may then immediately visit the town as if they were taking a normal visit action. Also important. 
Except that they need to not pay the entry cost because they now own the town. Nice. Yeah. So taking over a town is a big deal. Um, I don't really understand what happens to the people you took over the town with, though. Can they revolt? Uh, is that a mechanic in this game, dealing with a, a citizen's uprising? You discard all pirates and sea serpents. If the player takes control of the, ca- the town, they discard all pirates and sea serpents that participate in the attack. You lose all your pirates and your sea serpents if, like, in like whoever participates, basically. Attacking a player on town. A player may attack a town that is owned by another player, but the attack strength needed to take control of any town controlled by a player is too higher than normal. So, a 12 town requires 14 attack strength. If the player takes control of a town owned by an opponent, the player returns the opponent's cube and places their own cube there. The player takes spoils equal to the number of the town's strength from the supply, even though the strength needed is too higher. So that's it. So it's too... So if you want to take control of another person's port, you can, but it costs two more. Okay. It's it's to prevent you from immediately going after someone's home port, probably. Yeah, it makes sense. The last action you can take is a diplomacy. The player may choose to use diplomacy at the island town in the region where their ship is located in order to take control of it. A player may use the diplomacy action on towns with a blue-green banner, not red, below the name. The number is the influence that the player needs to pay in order to take control of the town. The player pays influence from the influence track by removing their cubes from the track. Ooh. Influence track. A cube is worth an amount of influence equal to the number shown below the slot where the cube is located. So if I remove a four cube, I get four influence. That's why we have so many cubes. If the player removes a sufficient number of cubes to pay influence equal to the strength of the town, the player takes control of the town. A player can remove influence cubes in any order. If the player takes control of the town, they place one of their cubes next to the numbered banner of the town to show they own it. The player also takes an amount of coins equal to that number. This is known as the spoils. So same thing happens if you influence a town. You get monies. Do we all start on the low end of the influence, or do we have to build up to that? I have a feeling that starts empty. Okay. The player may then immediately visit the town as if they were taking a normal visit action, except they need not pay the entry cost because they now own the town. Using diplomacy on a player-owned town. A player may use diplomacy on a town that is owned by another player, but the influence needed to take control of any town controlled by another player is too higher than normal. Uh Uh-huh. If the player takes control of the town by the opponent, they return the opponent's cube, place their own cube there, takes the spoils equal to the influence strength of the actual number. Note, diplomacy action is sometimes also referred to as allying with a town in the text of some cards. So some cards may say allying with a town. The final action that you can take that is not a free action is, very tiny, hunt for treasure. The player takes all coins on the treasure map on the renown board. If there are no coin tokens there, the player takes one coin from the supply as shown by the coin symbol on the map. If there are coins on the board, a player does not collect plus one coin printed there... The coin printed on the map is a reminder of what coins a player takes when there are no coins taken there. 
I'm required it. All right. What happens when you hunt for treasure? I don't. I don't get it. Wait. So you if there, at any time you can just say I'm hunting for treasure and just take that, you don't need to roll for oh, it. But it's it's your only action, I guess, is the idea. So. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that that's it. Okay. So you take all coins on the treasure map on the renown board. If there's no coins, you take one coin token from the coin supply, which has to do with this guy right there. So okay. So you take one copper. If there are, no, are coins on the board, you don't take the plus one. The coin print on the map is a reminder of blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Influence is what is required to take control of the town using diplomacy, while renown is a player's overall measure of success in the game. Okay. Interesting. Event. A player may complete one or more active events in the region where their ship is located. Event markers on the map help players remember where events are available. What is an event marker? Who fucking knows? Those. Is that Those. the trumpet? The, blue th- the, the brown things. The brown things are event markers? Yeah. Wait, what's oh, the Oh, because the, the ships wave? are events. Right. In the above example, the player's ship were in Morlim. The player would exhaust one crew member with the work symbol and pay one book to supply. The player would place three cubes on the influence track for doing this. Cubes placed on the influence track are placed in the first available unoccupied slots from left. Okay, can you pick up an event card for us? So we can just pass it around. I, I want to see one too. Yeah, they're all face up anyway. We gotta like we gotta learn a little bit. Yeah, but I mean there is a strategy to picking one or the other, but So in this event in Zillum Zillium, a local tavern owner finds you. Rats have gotten into my cellar and all the food is contaminated. If I don't get a fresh supply, I'll be out on the street. And it's pay to fish. So, and I, I can't quite tell what you get, but I see that symbol and I see the cube on it. You you can do an event if your ship is there, no matter what. Um, oh, they're quests. They're quests. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they're they're quests that can only be done once. Okay. Like, if the player's ship were in Moreland, the player could exhaust one crew, the work symbol, and pay one book. Okay. So you would pay two fish here, right? As Mike said. And you would get three cubes on the influence track. So this one, you get one cube on the influence track. Uh-huh. That's what that is. Is one cube on the influence track. Cubes placed on the influence track are placed in the first available unoccupied slots. So it's just the one cube up here is what that's the reward. Yes. Okay. So the first cube that goes down is a two, and then it goes back down to one. So interestingly enough. Yeah, well, oh, so that's why I get an advantage, I guess. So holding off. Until other players have cubes down, does it mean you can start with two, 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 two? Yeah, but other players may also. Pick oh, up... that's weird. Other players may also pick up other things. I don't know. It's... Does this eye symbol mean anything? It means you get to add to the reputation cubes. Oh. Okay. After the player completes the event, they place the event card in a discard pile. A new event will now be available, and the player must move from the. Event token to the appropriate region as specified on the new card. Now, wait, what dictates the cards coming out? Like, because you can't... Well, they're, they're face up, right? So you draw that card as you complete the quest. Right, but, okay, so if none of us are in that town, then... Oh, oh, I'm retarded. That's why they're face up, so you know what's active in the town you go to. Yep. Okay, all right. I gotcha. I'm I'm smelling what so you're stepping in. That's that's events and that's it. Free action buy a building. That that is actually pretty cool. A player may purchase a building card in the building card track, which is these. Yep. 
Um, the coin cost is lived in the top left corner on the renowned banner hanging under the coin. The player pays the cost to the supply and takes the card. The player places the card next to their shipboard. So you, like above and below, you get it on your shipboard by that. You place the card next to your shipboard. Each building card grants a special ability listed on the paper at the top right of the card. This ability implies the player throughout the game. So, when you hunt for treasure, plus one coin, plus one ship movement, pay one less coin when you buy another construction piece, plus one sea serpent when you visit your port, gain Iker, the sea serpent... Discard Iker when used. Gain Iker again when you gain at least one Sea Serpent. So that's a pretty good one. I don't. The, we don't know what the books mean yet. Um, a player may can buy more than one building card each turn. At the end of each game, each building card is worth renown equal to the coin cost of the card. That's important to know. Uh. Players may always choose to buy the fourth and fifth cards in the building card row. A player may choose to buy the third card in a row if they have at least one book. Oh, okay, so these can always be bought, but if you have one book, you can get this one. A player may choose to buy a second if you have two books and three if you have three books. Player need not pay books. They only need to have the books in their possession. Okay. So you need to have three books to get that card. <clears throat> Uh, which is why uh, who, who gets books? You, you turn books into squares. I don't know what the fuck that does yet. The, the, after purchasing the building, the player should slide cards in the building row to the right until the leftmost slot is open. Draw the top card from the building deck place. So like above and below, but this is with villagers, but now mm -hmm. with buildings. Buildings can also be obtained by building them through the build action by paying wood and or fish. Build action is... Available when a player visits the town Stratic. Described on page 17. Build. I see it. Game end. That's it. When one player has a certain amount of building cards listed below, the, this triggers the end of the game. Oh, okay, so it's, it's a bit looser. If playing with four players, blah, blah, blah. If playing with two or three players, the game end is triggered when one player owns eight buildings. Uh, this game is going to go on for a while. Yes, it is. Holy shit. I think it'll be good. Each player finishes their turn in the current game round until it is the first player's turn. When this happens, starting with the first player, each player gets one more turn. When this final round of turns is complete, the game ends. So if Mike finishes, then Adam goes, and then I'll go, and then Mike and Adam get to go one more time. Players count up their total renown. The player with the most renown wins. If the players, this is basically this is basically above and below, unlimited. I think is the idea. Yeah, okay. yeah you got what you wanted. Yeah, this is above <laughs> and below. You got a more open-ended and so forever version of above and below. If we're ready, I'm gonna start. You guys ready? I think. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs>